Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How How do you do you? Hold on. Sorry. Woo! Woo! You gotta wait to woo until I'm... <laughs> gotta wait to woo. Until I'm good. I've, if I had a dollar every time I heard that. <laughs> wait to woo. Until I'm good. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Just great. You know because why I'm great? Why? Because we released an extra episode this week. Yes, we like, sure did. excuse me? I know. Who are those content bitches that can... Drop YouTube exclusive content. I know. So you got an IUD. I sure did. And I told everyone about it. Yes. I mm-hmm. held your hand the whole time. So I right. also had. Um, you also were. Had some involved. experience. Yes. Um, and we made an episode just about that. And you can mm-hmm. only find it on our YouTube. Honey Dewey podcast. I, I know saying that I think we're funny, you know, is cheap because you can't. What are you going to do with Costs that? a lot of money to be this cheap. But. <laughs> I was so funny. I like rewatched it again mm-hmm. too because one, our cameras are fantastic. And two, we're funny. We are funny and informative. And if you've ever been curious about what it's like to get an IUD, have any questions. Also, drop any of your questions in our YouTube comments too. Please. We're trying to be a little bit more communicative via comments sections. Absolutely. And this new sort of episode setup where we're going to be releasing exclusive content on YouTube is here to stay. Here to stay. Here to stay. So go mm-hmm. ahead and let us know what you want on there. It's a little yeah. bit shorter, a little bit funkier, a little bit less put together yeah. because we're so put together in every other thing that we do. Yeah. So that's where we let loose. Our boss doesn't watch those either. So yeah. like we can really just like cut. Let it rip. Yeah, let it fucking rip. <laughs> and by boss, I mean my mommy. I don't <laughs> I mean mama, mother, mama. papa. Um, yeah, but it is a really good episode. And I think it's really good to be informed and know what you're doing and know what your options are. We have done a lot of research on birth control, but I realize that not everybody has. And I just mm-hmm. think it's good to get a first person experience of what it's like to get a little metal fish hook shoved up your vagina. I was there. You, you were there. Yep. Yep, I do. So, so head on over. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about, oh, I have a little update though first before we jump Go into, into that. Today's. Yeah. Um, it's not huge, but but he is. <laughs> but he is. No, I. That's, that was a good one. No. Um, <laughs> no, he is. It's fine. Um, uh, the other night, my boyfriend and I bought lingerie together, and it just got here today. Did you like it? I really liked it. I wasn't totally sure the night that we like picked it out, or mm-hmm. I had him pick it out. It was stuff that like I wouldn't necessarily pick for myself. Yeah. Um. I think I showed you a few of the pieces. Mm-hmm. There's like a black one that like looks kind of leathery. Yes. And Did it, it come as leather? <laughs> it came as pleather. Ah. 
So there's that. Um, but it has a bow in the back too that you like tie around your waist. Okay. And it actually fits like beautifully. Go oh Riri. My God. Shout out Savage Fenty. Um, I'm not sponsored, but I should be. <laughs> and yeah, I got a, a couple other things, but that was the one I was like most nervous about because yeah. I don't know. I'm a little bit different shaped than I used to be. <laughs> and so underwear just like fits me differently. Mm-hmm. But it feels like really good and sexy. So I'm excited. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so, so happy for you. That's so fun. You. I've never done any lingerie shopping with my partner. Mm-hmm. I am somebody who likes to be very comfortable. So yeah. no, I am too yeah. usually. Like I, I think this is this would be like the first time I've worn lingerie. You're like the first and only time. Yeah. <laughs> with like intentional lingerie that I like mm-hmm. let him decide on. Um, but yeah, no, it feels really good. It's like fun and cutesy and it's not super like strappy or cutouty. It's yeah. just like cute and funky. I love so, that. Yeah. It was really fun. Well, you'll post pictures, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. A slide deck <laughs> up on our IG. <laughs> a link to a slide deck, a Google slide deck maybe. Google, and it'll download as a zip file. Beautiful. Um, you have JPEGs, right? Yes. You can access yes. a JPEG. Yeah. And so it'll just come out like that. Ooh, PNGs. <laughs> PNGs. I want no background. <laughs> Imagine. A fucking mess. Just Emma stickers. And then we'll upload them to Instagram so that you can add them to your stories Emma stickers oh my god that would be so funny well there you go okay fantastic that's my only update now we can dive into congratulations people (laughs) that sounded so backhanded I meant it congratulations I'm happy for you thank you yeah Parish uh yeah so we're talking about bad sex today Mm -hmm. um what to do when the sex is bad and really, what to do when the sex is bad when you like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you meet somebody who sucks, you have sex with them, and you're like, scared. I want to keep having sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's not a thing. It's like you're dating someone or you're in a relationship with them, but like the sex just isn't it mm-hmm. yet. It's not there. What the fuck do you do then? Is it you? Yeah. Is it them? Exactly. If you are the person in your head that you know is causing the fucking issue, been there. Um, I'll admit I'm the problem most of the time. I'll admit it. Because honestly, the people that I'm with, I guess, have usually just been more confident in bed mm. or have seemed more confident in bed than I have. So I can tell that they're like, just like, no, I want to have sex. And I'm like, but what are my hips doing? Right. What is this like little side saddle of fat doing while you're doing that to me? Mm-hmm. So. I'm the one in my head and I slow things down. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. I make it weird and uncomfortable yeah. for everyone involved. What is bad sex? Like, what does that mean to you? I hate the feeling of being off, but no one's fucking saying anything. Mm-hmm. So bad sex to me would be when we're so mismatched on like pattern, rhythm, and we just keep asking like, okay, yeah, what do, what do you want? What do, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. What do you want? And mm-hmm. like you're stuck in this like weird position where no one's fucking saying anything. Right. And you're naked. <laughs> like, and on top of that, my clit is out. Like, <laughs> you know. She's just swinging. <laughs> swinging like a, a wind sock in the breeze <laughs> and no one's touching her and we're just like hanging out. Mm-hmm. That like that feeling is bad sex to me. When you're hanging out, but they're inside you. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What about you? I would agree with that. And I would say like when I'm so uncomfortable or anxious or in my head that like I can't embrace the like mess or the mess ups or like the awkwardness and just let it go. I hold on to those things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I wasn't kidding when I say I'm the problem. <laughs> like, I really do think that I am mostly the problem when it comes to bad sex. And I don't mean that in a self-deprecating way. I mean that in just a, like, there's some shit I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when it could have been really pleasurable and it was bad because I made it bad. Right. I think I do that in a lot of areas of my life. <laughs> what do you mean? Just like, you know, we've talked about this when you're just like frustrated and so you make things harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do that because I want others to suffer. Uh, yeah. I'm mad. You will know. And I want you to hurt because I'm hurt. I want it's, you to feel bad. It's literally. I feel bad. Yeah. It's that stupid fucking saying that like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Which it's true, though. I only say stupid because I f- saw it for the first time on like Tumblr. Uh-huh. So that's why. <laughs> photo um, bucket. <laughs> photo bucket with like those scene kid vibes mm-hmm. in front of it. But yeah, it's true. When I'm hurt, I want to hurt. Yeah. So I feel like I bring that energy into sex sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunate for my partner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's primarily when sex is bad. Like I think the typical things that you think of about sex being bad, like or what we've been socialized to think is bad sex, like not having an orgasm or like not getting fully wet. Like those things don't bother me Mm -hmm. as I've learned more about sex. It's like use lube and orgasm isn't the goal. Right. Um, That's not to say I don't get frustrated when I don't orgasm. I was going to say, because we all have heard your story of like, if you don't orgasm, I get a little angry and hurt people and hurt hurt people. people. (laughs) Twist his wiener. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean I agree with you completely it, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago it would have been like exactly what you mm-hmm. just said um god I had the biggest swallow right there I could not <laughs> talk past it um but yeah as I've learned more about my body and what I need like yeah I need lube and if I'm not orgasming then like I'll just use a toy exactly or so or fucking communicate mm-hmm. and say like do this right please Please, please. I don't know. Depends on the mood that I'm in. Yes. I just think bad sex is not what I thought it was. Yeah. Truly. (laughs) Know that I am the issue. (laughs) I've discovered it. Like I know the answer. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not what I thought it was. And it's me. (laughs) Um, Who are we talking to? We're talking to Kate Moyle. She is a psychosexual therapist. With a gorgeous mm. accent. With a gorgeous accent. (laughs) So you can listen to her for days. Um, She should be in a sleep story. I know. Uh so beautiful. So listen to this once to learn and then listen to it once to fall what asleep. But then we're going to like interrupt it with our yeah. voices <laughs> and our laughs. <laughs> like our cackling. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm editing, our voices are in the red of sound level. And our guests are always in like this green, happy mm-hmm. medium. And ours are like, Whoa! Yeah. So I'm sorry, but fuck it. You it can is come back. Is. So um, yeah, we're going to talk through all the things like when sex is bad. What do you do? Do you leave? Do you try and fix it? Do you ignore it? Like, yeah. we'll walk through every scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be good. going to be good. It'll get better. I promise. Um, so we'll see you on the other <laughs> side. Yeah. Bye. Bye. So I am Kate Moyle. I'm a psychosexual and relationship therapist and host of the Sexual Wellness Sessions podcast. And basically my job is that I am a specialist talking psychotherapist for any issues difficulties challenges to do with sex and relationships so the way i always describe it is the sign above the door says it's okay to talk about sex here Uh, i I wish yeah i love that too and i just i wish i had more resources when i was having a lot of trouble in sex (laughs) to find someone to talk to Mm -hmm. when sex has problems which is kind of what we wanted to jump into today so in a scenario 
this entire topic is going to be within the scenario that you are happy to be with this person. The sex you're having is consensual, but it's bad. (laughs) So what about sex can be bad in a situation that you're having sex with someone you like? (laughs) I think the basic premise of sex being bad, if you want to describe it that way, is that you're not enjoying it. And not feeling understood is probably for me the underlying theme of that. And I think that it it sounds so unsexy when all of us as sex experts and therapists say it's all about communication, it's all about talking about sex, it's all about understanding each other, but really it is. Mm-hmm. So the lack of understanding can then play into just about every single physical, emotional aspect of sex. Well, none of us are mind readers. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't read (laughs) our partner's minds and they can't read our minds. So there is no way that they can know exactly what we want at exactly that moment and how we want it in terms of sex. And one of the things that we, you know, I always think about and talk about in terms of sex is sex is fluid. It's not always the same. Just because it worked one way last week shouldn't mean it works the same way this week. And without that, flexibility and that ability to check in with each other then we sometimes just carry on doing what we're doing without knowing actually if it's working Mm -hmm. and that can lead into really tricky cycles for couples particularly if you then throw in not wanting to disappoint each other faking orgasms not wanting to disrupt the relationship or the status quo it just everything can get really sticky That makes sense. And I feel like there's two kind of ways in my head that sex can be bad of like, it's you're having it and you're like this, like, I don't like what they're doing. Like that doesn't feel good or that's like not what I like. And so there's bad in that way. But then I also feel like there's bad of like, I don't understand why this isn't working. Like it Mm -hmm. just feels slightly off. Maybe like the Mm -hmm. rhythm is slightly off and things like that. But I'm wondering if for both of those, you can give us some phrases to start those conversations with a partner that aren't necessarily going to be, we're hopefully not triggering for them um, or like accusatory because I have an issue with being accusatory (laughs) or like a mood stopper either. Yeah. The mood stop thing, I would say don't talk about it when you are about to have or have just had sex. So put a different time aside because what that can do is that can leave people, the typically the receiving partner, feeling, okay, like, so what just happened here is, does that mean you didn't enjoy what we just did? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're really worried about what we're about to do does that mean that last time it wasn't good and I think that those things can be really tricky so I always take actually take that conversation out of the bedroom and frame it positively and exactly like you just said I don't feel like I like being accused of anything it makes me feel defensive defensiveness is not going to help this conversation at all and so framing it in terms of you know, I really love the sex we've been having or I really love our relationship, I really love what we've been doing together, but is there something else we can try? Or, do you know what, I used to really enjoy what we were doing, but actually I think I've changed a bit or I think it's not working for me in the same way that it used to. And Mm -hmm. taking ownership of our side of it is a big part of that as well. Mm -hmm. But framing it as something that you do together rather than that it's you versus me so how can we work on this together? How can we, what can we both do 
is there anything you want to try? So also putting it back onto your partner, but realizing that if you're the one starting the conversation, that you're probably a step ahead. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't get the reaction that you want from them, also checking that out with them and saying, what is it you heard me say there? Or I didn't want to upset you or this isn't meant to hurt you. This is something I want us to be better at together. Mm -hmm. Or what is it? What's going on? now because I think that's the thing is if we get a bad reaction and then we just shut it down or we back off it then just gets left in the air and knowing how to resolve that is a part of it right I have the issue with because I'm thinking about everything constantly always so if I'm bringing it up I'm assuming that someone is thinking about everything constantly. You've always. also thought about this yeah. for the last 72 hours nonstop <laughs> exactly. and thought of every possible outcome. Exactly. <laughs> so that's also what I need to remember when having those conversations is one, I'm probably already a step ahead. Or 80. Or, or 80 what? 80 steps ahead. Or 80 <laughs> steps ahead. And two, we're different in the ways that we've thought about sex for the last two years. And mm-hmm. so I come into a conversation, I feel like, in a lot different position anyway. Mm-hmm. But also what I was thinking about is that taking it outside of the bedroom makes a lot of sense. But if you are feeling off in the middle of sex, how, is there any way to adjust during, or is that just kind of like starting a fire and that's never going to end well? Specifically, if you like, don't know what the yeah. solution is, yeah. right? Like if it's you not like move left, it's like, off yeah. and you don't know how to fix it, but you want like, you're not just supposed to suffer through it, I imagine. <laughs> but you could always frame it again in a positive way and say to your partner, there's something I'd really like us to try. Could we try this? Or things like putting your hand over your partner's hand and guiding them. So showing them what you like doesn't even necessarily need to be spoken. It can just be something that you try together or saying you know, kind of turning it into like a sexy talk or saying, you know, I really want you to kiss me there or I really want you to try this or shall we try it? You you can frame it in a, I think framing it in a let's do this together coupled if we're talking about kind of that there's two partners in this relationship way is not pitching you against each other. It's not you versus me or you're not doing a good enough job because that is the, the thing that I think most people shuts most people down is the idea that they're being criticized and when it comes to sex we then see that the context around that is so tightly tabooed stigmatized uncomfortable shame ridden that we don't have the tools to know how to get ourselves out of that Mm -hmm. and so we feel it so much more we're so much more sensitive to criticism in our sex lives Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense um so if you're unsure of what it is that you want them to do is it good to just try anything at that point like you you're feeling off you're feeling like this isn't feeling good but like I don't really know what I need but I need you to do differently so should you just like kind of throw anything out there and hope that it makes it better (laughs) I think lean into the things that you know do work for Uh you so whether it I really like you kind of kissing down my neck. I really like it when you give me oral sex. I really like it when we try that position or it makes me feel way more comfortable when the lights are off or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Try and lean into what you know works for you because also the more you 
get into the moment and we're talking, you know, thinking about things like mindful sex techniques here, the more you're going to experience that arousal, the more you're going to notice your own arousal, the more you're going to feel turned on, the more desire you're going to experience. And those are the things that make sex better. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, is that, you know, that, that as you guys started this conversation, that counter um, kind of counterpoint to bad sex is improved sex and really that's about fun and pleasure Mm -hmm. mother's day is around the corner and whether you're celebrating your mama grandma guardian or yourself celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out osea's mega moisture duo this duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their anduria algae body oil and anduria collagen body lotion both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com. Malibu.com and use code D-E-W-M-E for 10% off. I really like what you're saying about um, making it like an us thing rather than a you thing because I recently heard this thing and it was just, I think it was a TikTok talking about um, if you are in an argument with your partner, treating it as if you were on the same team, like trying to, Mm. you know, achieve a goal together versus like different teams going against each other. And I think that that's really interesting and really helpful. And I want to get a little more into what you said about shame around being bad at sex, because I think that is what comes up a lot of the time. If Mm. somebody were to receive criticism around sex is like, well, there's so much shame around being bad at sex. And if you're bad at sex, like fuck off, basically. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about like the idea of being bad at sex? Mm. Something I quite often say is um, sex is an area of our lives that we are expected to be an expert and expect our partners to be an expert without good education, trial and error, the ability to ask questions. And it makes no sense Mm -hmm. that every other area of our lives we learn, we put an effort into, we try, we get it wrong, we get it right, we talk about it, we ask questions. It just makes no sense that sex is not treated the same way. And very much in my world as a sexologist and a um, psychosexual therapist, we think about sex as a skill, but the skill is not a formula that you follow and then you apply to every situation. It is something that's flexible and fluid and that you can use in all those different ways. And I think this, we have all these versions of sex that we see and they're always good sex. There's rarely bad sex in films, on Netflix, in porn, like on our screens. We make assumptions about all these hot couples that we see on social media that they must be having great sex. You know, we only hear about the good sex because no one talks about the not good or bad sex. Mm -hmm. 
So the shame or the idea about being bad at sex is completely compounded by the fact that we know we're not meant to ever talk about it or say to someone, I'm really struggling with sex or this isn't working or, you know, something, something isn't happening here. What do I do about it? Because we feel like we don't have anywhere to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's frustrating because I've had bad sex more than I've probably had good sex. Um, but it is, it, it's hard to open up about that because you don't know if it's going to be interpreted as like you're bad at sex mm-hmm. or like the people, like it's kind of embarrassing to say like all you have is bad sex, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, if we're not good at talking about it and not taught how to talk about it, how are you ever going to have good sex? Mm-hmm. Um, I especially hated when I'd have bad sex with people that I really, really liked or like it was like a one night stand that I'd been like waiting for all college for him to finally come over. <laughs> and then he did. And it was the worst sex I've ever had. And I didn't really understand how you can like like someone and have so much good chemistry and still have bad sex. That didn't mm. compute in my head to me, but I guess that just wraps back around to communication. Yeah, and I think it's about how we all learn about sex, isn't it? It's that if we all learn one version of sex, which typically is PIV, so penis and vagina, so we have this typical order of sex that we get taught. Foreplay, so clues in the name, it happens before the main event. And then intercourse. Now, a lot of people don't even have the foreplay bit as a part of the plan. So it's straight to intercourse, which is not you know, not the best way to guarantee for sex to be not bad. And it's that if we, I think it all goes back to this idea of then if we have our formula or we think we have, or we think we've been taught, we've been taught that's sex, so that's what I've got to do. And we just then apply that to all the different situations and nobody corrects us or no one says anything because none of us have the tools to know how to talk about it. So we just carry on doing it and no one has said it's bad. No one might have said it's good, but we then just get, I think, stuck in this thing until we meet someone who we change it with or who says, actually, do you know what, shall we do this differently? Mm -hmm. And I think that there is that we're all taught to not speak up or to not say, do you know what, actually, this isn't working for me. Can we try something different? And it's really that simple sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But none of us are empowered or told that we can say that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't have the words back then either to be like, this is this is not fun. <laughs> we should mm-hmm. change this. And to your point, I never said anything at any point ever to him that I wasn't having a good time. We like literally just never talked again. So I guess it does make sense that the pattern will continue until someone either helps course correct or you, that's basically it. Someone Mm -hmm. helps you course correct. Or self-educate, you know, we we change something that we do. We see a different version of sex. I think it's now we're seeing, we're kind of opening up the perspective of sex a lot. There's been massive changes. I mean, the, the iPhone changed everything, really, the smartphone, you know, whatever it is, 12, 13 years old. And I think that sex is now becoming a, or is just about becoming a mainstream topic. You know, we're having conversations like this. We've got hundreds of sex podcasts, amazing, like, sex educators, programs on Netflix, like The Principles of Pleasure. You know, all of these things are putting it 
where it needs to be, but we're all still playing catch up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not totally sure how to ask this question other than like, what if you feel like you are the reason that you're having bad sex? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, what if you feel like, oh, I am bad at sex and not in a shameful way, but in a like, oh, I'm really stiff or I'm really nervous or I'm bad at like taking criticism. Like, how do you start to work through that? Because like I struggle to take criticism. So I guess in some ways I would be (laughs) bad at sex. That's such a great question. Because I also feel like I'm really bad at stamina. Like Mm. when it could be good, I'm just like, I'm tired (laughs) and I'm done. And then I feel like the issue, that's a great question. Yeah, so what do you, what can you do? What do you say? How do you process that? I think it's all about self-sex education and that can happen at any point in our lives, you know, whether we are 18 or 80, like there's no time limit on it. And I think for me, a lot of that doesn't even have to happen inverted commas in the bedroom. It's about thinking about sex differently, um, talking, starting to talk about it more, exploring our own bodies. I think if we don't know what we like ourselves, how can we show a partner what we like? How can we, be really confident and if we are distracted by the fact that we don't know what we're enjoying or what we're meant to enjoy or what we feel we want to enjoy we're not going to then be experiencing pleasure because we're going to be distracted by our thoughts thinking do I like that I'm not sure does it feel good I think so maybe is it meant to feel like that all of those questions are like those intrusive thoughts that are going through our head and we in getting to know ourselves better then we can kind of better identify like, what works and what doesn't work for us and feel more confident, I think, with a partner as well. But there's amazing like sexual wellness apps nowadays. There's an amazing app called Furley, which is particularly aimed at women, which is all about getting to know your body, identifying what works for you, what doesn't, how you feel about yourself, body confidence. And I think that really being like, okay, I want to make the changes to my sex life. I'm going to do this for me and again not doing it for someone else so that it's performative but doing it genuinely for yourself Mm -hmm. is something that anyone can do at any point even if it is just listening to a podcast reading a book you know masturbating having like a really sensual shower whatever it is it's that you feeling more sexually confident Mm -hmm. is a big game changer right Do you have any specific words of wisdom for when you do receive critique or if somebody says straight up, like, I didn't like having sex with you or the sex with you was bad? I've never directly been told that. (laughs) I imagine that's said, though. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, say, like, I did not like what we did because I know, you know, if I take a step back or if I were to say something like that, I'm like, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, your worth as a person. But if somebody says it to me, I'm like, oh, I'm trash. Mm -hmm. So... What would you say to somebody in that situation? I'd say focus it on the like the act or the behavior or what it was. Don't personalize it. Or also just say, oh, what was it that you didn't like? Or what would you have preferred that we do? Or what can we try next time? Mm-hmm. So as as you said, it's it's that it's so hard to not take it personally. I think there's very little in life apart from maybe people talking about our parenting that we take as personally as people talking to us about us having sex Mm -hmm. and we have to then if we you know also treat it as every time we have sex with a different person 
it's kind of trial and error in lots mm-hmm. of ways. You know, we don't we don't like everyone we meet. We don't become friends with everyone we meet. Don't like everyone we work with. You know, we don't like all our family members. We that whole like, interperson thing, person to person, isn't always going to work perfectly. But we have examples of that in every other area of our life, apart from sex. But if we want to improve sex with that person, it's then thinking, okay, what can we do or try differently that we might like. Mm-hmm. Or what can we work out that's kind of in the in-between for both of us? But I think that the thing I would say is that taking it so personally is almost impossible not to, mm-hmm. to some element. So you can always acknowledge that and say, well, that actually really hurt a bit. But, you know, let's try and think or what we're going to do differently next time or what we're going to try next time. What do you reckon? Or how do you suggest we do that? Or what shall we try? Right. This part is coming from someone who absolutely does not practice what I'm preaching. But Franny, remember, we had her Mm -hmm. on and she was talking about rejection and how like she never takes rejection personally because it's not about her. It's about their preference. Mm -hmm. And I try to remember that a lot because that's such a great point. Like when someone's Mm -hmm. saying I don't Mm -hmm. like something, it's not that you're doing it. It's that they personally do not enjoy what is happening mm-hmm. I it's guess it's from them it's from, from them you. yeah exactly but all of that still goes back to you can't just take this pattern and this like performance that you've done with every single person and apply it to every single person because people aren't going to enjoy that all the time um, so it makes sense that feedback would be natural mm-hmm. because you're not the same person as the person they had sex with before mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's also that doing it together thing you know you're yeah. both doing it so you're both in it. You're both there. So mm-hmm. I think it's also about how we're taught to talk about these things. So it might be, especially if someone is like, well, I'm, you know, I never have a problem normally. So the problem must be you. We like right. to position blame on the other person. Whereas actually that didn't work when we did that or that didn't work for us or together that wasn't that good or wasn't that enjoyable or wasn't that fun. It's, it's working out how the two of you don't repeat that. Mm-hmm. And that's a two person or however many people there are in the relationship or sexual experience thing. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a point at which like the sex is just bad and you guys aren't compatible? Like how do you know it's that versus, oh, we just have some stuff to work on? I get asked this all the time. And to be honest, I don't think I actually know the answer. <laughs> and I think I think it's because I like to think that if both parties want to change it, then the ability to change it is there. Mm-hmm. But I think both people have to be in it. Mm-hmm. You, one of you cannot change everything for both of you. Right. Yeah. And I think it's the same in relationships. If one person is like, I really want this to work, but the other person isn't putting in as well, mm-hmm. then you're going to struggle. And when it comes to our sex lives, there's loads that we can do. We can learn about sex we can try different things together we can introduce things we haven't tried before we can mix things up we can go to massage classes i mean honestly the options are almost unlimited but i think the openness to try has to be there from both parties Mm -hmm. i like that answer i was gonna say i love that answer though like i that just gives you hope Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's not always you'll have to work through it probably but if you're both willing to try, then, I mean, it's endless. The possibilities are endless. 
what you could do. Another question I had in relation to that is I think we base our feelings about people and you know how we deem like the quality of our relationship in the beginning based on like a lot of it is sex Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like does the sex have to be good for it to be a viable relationship does that make sense um I'm not sure how you phrase that if you're dating someone and the sex is bad or you're not enjoying the sex should you carry on Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, like should it legs? be really like fucking amazing right from the beginning or can it get better and that's just as good? I think it can definitely get better. I think it's that point that we started on, which is that we can learn mm-hmm. about each other. And I think one of the um, groups that actually reports that the most satisfying sex are couples that have been together for a while because they get to know each other. They know what works for each other. They get comfortable, confident, and that I think we, we, you know, some people say, oh, my God, the sexual connection was just amazing at the start, you know, and it's just got better. And for other people, it might feel like a slower start, but that doesn't mean that it's not going anywhere. And I think it is that learning about each other preferences again. You know, a lot of us don't have the confidence at the start of a relationship to say actually these are my sexual preferences or this is what I like to do or this is what feels good for me but it's something that can kind of get tried out mm-hmm. or blended in the longer that they're with someone mm-hmm. yeah I I just started dating someone and like I feel like we've had pretty good consistent like good sex but like the first time did feel a little like off obviously this new human being inside of me and I remember talking to my sister and she's like yeah that's just kind of how it is like the best times are like your seventh and eighth time when you're more comfortable you're probably a few more weeks in or whatever and it's just true I feel like I'm a little bit more comfortable with it starting out rocky now that we're in this position mm-hmm. of this being our mm-hmm. life but yeah it would I would feel like I was the failure if like in the beginning years ago, you know, sex mm-hmm. was off or bad or whatever. I think so many of us at the start as well, or the first few times we're having sex with someone, we're so preoccupied with our own performance mm-hmm. that we actually don't enjoy sex a lot of the time. Cause we are so a massive part of the work that I do is helping people to get in their bodies and out of their heads because they're so distracted by their thoughts or their anxieties or life and what that does is it essentially turns down the volume on you experiencing the physical sensations of sex and then you start to enjoy it less or you don't reach orgasm as much or you aren't as tuned into your arousal Mm -hmm. and so when we are first with someone sexually quite often we can be completely preoccupied by thinking about what they think about us Mm -hmm. and how, you know, how are we doing? What do they think? Are they having a good time? Do they fancy me? You know, what do they, what do they think of me with my clothes off? All of this stuff tends to be going through our heads. And the more we're with someone, the more that we trust that those things don't need to be such a worry. Mm -hmm. And I think then what we can do is start to feel more and then we start to enjoy sex more. Yeah. Never underestimate turning all the lights off and having sex in the pitch black in the beginning of a relationship because that is the money shot for me. A game changer? A game changer. All of this is making me think about like how we really do need to reframe the narrative around 
sex and the beginning of relationships and how I feel like we tend to think about sex as like a checkbox. Like, oh, in order for this to move forward, the sex has to be good. Like, oh, yeah, sex is great with them. Great. We can move forward. If it's not great, oh, like they must not be for me. And instead, reframe the beginning of the relationship and like sex in the beginning as I'm getting to know this person. And it's like that's so different than is sex going to be good with this person? Can I continue dating them? Versus I want to get to know this person on all of these levels, Mm -hmm. just like you would in any other aspect of their life. You don't expect them to know all of your favorite things right away. Mm -hmm. So why would you expect them to know all of your favorite things? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, I think that wraps right back around to educating yourself about sex and being expected to be good the second you Mm -hmm. you are of age, you know? but no one tells you it's okay to learn about sex and mm-hmm. learn about sex just by yourself when you're having sex with yourself. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that's when you learn the most. Like you were saying earlier about like a sensual shower, or like masturbation and exploring. It's like mm-hmm. all of those steps have to happen for you to even begin how to have good sex with like know how to have good sex with yourself. And then you have to do all of that with another person mm-hmm. <laughs> to know how to have good sex with someone else. Mm. I think it was all, you know, I absolutely loved it. But um, things like Sex in the City, you know, when we used to all watch like all the box sets from one to however many there ended up being, it was all divided up. It was like good sex, bad sex, like, you know, as you said, ch- checkbox exercise. And it was like categorization of partners based on sex. And I think if we can be a bit more open-minded about it and just see that sex is something that happens it's kind of co-created between people at that time in that context couples who are in 10 year long relationships can have different sex every time they have sex Mm -hmm. it can have a different function every time a different meaning every time sometimes it might be really slow and sensual sometimes it might be a quickie sometimes it might be just because they look hot because they want an orgasm one of my favorite studies was done in 2007 by um, some authors called Bus and Meston, and they identified 237 reasons for why people said they had sex. And I just love that because I think it, one of my favorites actually was um, because they wanted to keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But I just think that it's, it just so, I think we just assume we have this really static view of sex and we assume then that all of us are having sex the same way all the time, that it should be the same way every time. And then when it isn't, that that change must be a problem. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't have to be. I think that it's our thinking actually about sex that hasn't quite caught up. Right. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really fun, like an interesting point too, is like that all the different reasons that you could be having sex in a moment can change how you're having sex in a moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. If I'm trying to stay warm, it's going to be different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something that popped into my head and then I kind of walked myself through it was I was like, well, why do some people have really amazing sex right away? Or why are some people really good at sex? And it's like probably because they learned and listened and explored and were open. Uh Like are people, are some people just born Mm. really good at sex? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like I feel like that doesn't make any, nobody's, well, I don't know. People are born really good at like running running <laughs> i don't know i'm not one Their of them bodies are just built different <laughs> yeah i don't know i was born bad at running so. are people born for certain things <laughs> i'm very bad at running yeah. the bus nearly kills me yeah. I think, um, 
I think I think it's I think of it. You know, I said I don't know, but I think it is a skill, and I think we all. I say we all know instinctively that's not true at all. I think we get taught the mechanics of how to do sex, but that is such a basic, basic model, and it's you know put X in Y. Mm-hmm. that's it right. that ignores such a massive part of sex but i think that people we can develop this sexual sense of self now for some people maybe it's something that they develop younger or earlier or on their own or they feel more confident about or they're just someone who feels really comfortable being in that intimate situation with someone else and so they feel that they can just work it out as it goes and they don't worry about it so much mm-hmm. whereas some people that must be absolutely terrifying right. and I think there's just so many factors, but also is it just, you know, right person, right time, right date, right context, Mm -hmm. and it works from the one-off, but actually we don't have any idea of what it was like with the last person that they slept with. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And it like, just because you have one really good one night stand doesn't mean if you met that same person again next week. On a mm-hmm. Tuesday yeah. when you're super stressed mm-hmm. that it would feel just as amazing as it right. did last week when you weren't stressed or right. whatever. Exactly. I I feel like I'm having fine sex right now, but I also feel like I've never been with a partner that has asked me so much like mm-hmm. during sex, which does, I will say, have its like pros and cons because sometimes it feels great to ask like what I need. And sometimes I'm like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> just stop asking me questions and do it. But I also feel... I feel like that does contribute to when they feel confident enough to ask what do you need or is mm-hmm. this okay that that's also mm. hot we've talked about how like checking in is like an attractive thing to do so I also think that that can contribute to being better initially if you have mm-hmm. the confidence to ask if this is okay mm-hmm. I don't know you mentioned Uh, like reasons for having sex and you're like maybe because you just want a quickie and one of my questions is what if you want quicker sex and how do you ask for that because i'll say that sometimes i mentioned stamina i'm bad at having stamina and i would like for just a quickie but i also don't want to cut like their pleasure short but it does become not as fun sex for me if it goes on for too long so Mm -hmm. how do we say like speed it up how do you say it nice (laughs) yeah how do you say it nicely (laughs) I mean, you can always say things to your partner like, you know, I really enjoy it when we have quicker sex or you can try and kind of speed up the rhythm or change position so that it works for you if you don't feel like you've got a lot of stamina, so a position where you're less active. But I think it's, it's this I think happens um, for women more, as particularly we see that sometimes women who find that sex can be a bit painful sometimes would prefer sex to be shorter or if they're struggling with lubrication because then it can feel like things kind of get a bit dry or a bit uncomfortable. So it's, I think it's just sometimes about either trying to speed things up to move it towards the end or actually saying, can we try something else? Or could I focus on you for a bit? Or can we change this up? Or, you know, trying to introduce different elements because I think that that is actually one of the things that feels harder for people to ask a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because you're, as you said, you're being conscious of your partner's pleasure and you don't want to cut that short. Mm-hmm. But that's where perhaps changing what you're doing can also 
put the emphasis on something else or take the emphasis off you if that's where you feel it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes they're like, no, it feels so good. I want to keep going. And I'm like, oh, how can I ruin this for you then? <laughs> how, how can I cut this short? How can I make this bad? How can I make you a little uncomfortable so that we stop? <laughs> is that a fair question? If you're ready to be done... <laughs> Are there surefire ways to make sex bad? (laughs) That's a question. (laughs) I think we can name a few. Yeah, I was like, maybe mess up the rhythm a little bit. Just be like, oh, no, this is great for me. Yeah, (laughs) just slug it. Something must be wrong with you. (laughs) Gaslighting. Yeah, is that gaslighting? Oh my goodness. I feel like that was my last like question that I had in my mm-hmm. head was that sometimes I want quicker sex. So thank you for that response. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't cover in terms of bad sex or, you know, improving sex that you think people need to hear? I think just for me, we are taught one version of sex, which is intercourse. Mm -hmm. And it's such a tunnel vision, limited view of sex. I mean, female pleasure hardly comes into it, rarely comes into it. And opening up your perspective about sex doesn't have to be scary or intimidating or anxiety provoking. So I think the phrase, you know, spice it up or mix it up sometimes just fills people with like the fear of they're just like what am I gonna have to do you know what am I gonna have to buy who am I gonna have to dress as what exercise am I gonna have to try this is just not my vibe at all and I think that we can just start to open up our perspectives about sex whether it's listening to experts talking about it reading a book about it trying an app anything like self-mastery all the stuff we talked about earlier you can just start to expand your sexual view a bit and that can be done by anyone, anytime, in any place. You could literally be sitting on the bus listening to a podcast. It's not, you don't have to feel under pressure to do anything really sexual to change your sex life. And even just saying, and often with um, couples, people say to me, how do we start the conversation? If it's something like that, send your partner the podcast episode and say, listen to this today. Like, why don't you have a listen and we can talk about it? Why don't we, why don't you let me know what you think? Or suggesting something so I always talk about like an L shape so it doesn't feel like it's coming from you you're suggesting it via someone else and that can take the pressure off a bit Mm -hmm. so I think that's what I'd say to people is don't don't feel like you need to be afraid of it because I think so many people think okay I've got to do something differently so and the anxiety and the fear about that means they'd rather just avoid it and stick to the status quo whereas actually you don't have to completely throw yourself into doing everything differently you can just change one thing every time or kind of baby step by baby step try little things differently mm-hmm. that's a great tip because i know that spicing it up can sound a little intimidating mm-hmm. so i love yeah. that where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode my podcast is the sexual wellness sessions and that's each episode is an in-depth dive into a particular topic so we've done Stress and Sex with Emily Nagoski, Desire with Dr. Karen Gurney, um, everything from erectile dysfunction to infertility to motherhood to um, sexual mindset, mindful sex. I think that they, for me, are the conversations I was having so much in the therapy room that Mm -hmm. I wanted to take them out because I was like, I think if more people were having them outside, then less people would end up 
in the therapy room. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of reverse um, <laughs> reverse process. <laughs> and then my, uh, my Instagram is at Kate Moyle Therapy. See, Kate will bring you comfort. Mm-hmm. It will get better. Come, come, fart. Wait, <laughs> that's not really how I meant it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Don't come and fart. I mean, you can. You're relaxed. Your body's moving. That's your business. That's your business. It's not my business. If I came and farted at the same time at this moment in my life, the ecstasy I would feel. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute ecstasy I would feel. No, I think I would pass away. Ah, yeah. Or dig a hole and lay in it for a long, long time. But like time. two years from now, you're with the same person. Do you think you'd care? No. Yeah. But two weeks into a relationship, I care. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. What if he did it? I would care. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening, don't. Don't. Remember when Jorgen and I were having shower sex and he farted on the edge of the shower? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened your to your beloved <laughs> your beloved my beloved yeah, our beloved um, if you haven't listened to our shower sex episode oh there's, a there's a little PSA to run back to it <laughs> when you fart on a hard wet surface <laughs> the reverberation the wet reverberation you've created with your butt cheeks it's not silent but deadly that is Quite upset. Oh my god. Fuck, that was funny. Um cycling back. Thank you so much, Kate, yes. for being on the thank episode you. today. And uh, thank you to you, Honey Bucket, for being here <laughs> for another week. Our favorite little honey bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are your favorite honey buckets, head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me Podcast. You can also... You're going to hate this later. Like I already know. <laughs> but I'm so happy you sang it. Keep going. Well, now I'm insecure. And hurt people hurt people. <laughs> hurt people hurt people. <laughs> the rest of this podcast is just you because now I'm dead. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, you can also rate us on Spotify. <laughs> Only kind ratings will go through. Um, I don't know so what that is. So keep that in mind. It's like a king they haven't figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and share this episode with somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might seem a little offensive to share this one in particular, <laughs> but also but that's called communication. Yeah. And again, it's not something to be ashamed of if you are bad at sex. Yeah, because I am bad at sex. And I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Join the club. The bad sex club. Cass has stickers. It's my nudes. <laughs> I'm bad at sex. And I'm then bad. Emma, nude. Nude. What can I say? It gets people's attention. It's called merch. It's called creative merchandise. Yeah. Look and listen, bitch. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.